Today is International Asteroid Day. <laughs> International Asteroid Day? How fun. It's also International Day of Parliamentarism. A little less fun. <laughs> everyone and welcome back to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your swan devil, Renu. And I'm your soup devil, Soup. I wonder what our powers would be. <laughs> well, it's reflective of whatever whatever people are afraid of. So swans, that's, that seems very straightforward. Soup. I think it would be like a flock of swans coming into your house. Yeah, demanding like, like things one, angrily. Like one <laughs> one collective like mega swan that's made up of like a lot of smaller swans. <laughs> I think for soup, it would be like burning your tongue on hot soup. <laughs> I think so. I it would be like tiny. It'd be like a tiny devil. <laughs> Not many people afraid of soup, you know. <laughs> As uh, you guys might have guessed, today this episode stands for. Akuma's together because we'll be talking about Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man. But before we get into that, what have we been up to? It's been a hot minute. It it has. It has been quite some time since we last recorded. Um, I feel like uh, my schedule has been in chaos, and uh, yours has also kind of been in chaos because you've been in you've been in the con sort of sort of crunchy times. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sure that's very fun. I'm sure that's quite <laughs> quite delightful. Um, yeah. I since the last time that we have spoken, um I have um gone on a couple trips. Uh mm -hmm. I've I've taken some time. I've I've uh I've had a lot of time to just like introspect, uh, I think. Oh, Oh my, okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was just like thinking about like, well, I mean, you know, this and that. Um but I think I think that's been good. I think that's it's been, been good. It's been good? Yeah. Good. I feel like I I feel like I needed some some time to just like think. Yeah, I think I think some time to like unplug and like reflect on, I don't know, the various the, the state of your life. Mm -hmm. Maybe where you want to go, that kind of thing is always healthy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, good. yeah. Mm. I mean, um, there's there's lots of exciting stuff always happening um, around the house. Mm. But what have you been up to? Uh well, uh, as you mentioned, uh, since the last time we've talked, I've I counted. I've been to five conventions. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> It has been a whirlwind of uh, going to convention for four days and then coming back home for three days and then going again for four days. So I'll, I basically come home, I leave all my stuff packed, but then like, you know, resupply, like, you know, merch and stuff like that, and then go back out to the convention and go back. So uh, I'm glad that's done for 
now. Um, my next convention isn't until um, for at least another month and a half, so that'll be nice a nice break. Boy, that sounds um, exhausting. So, yeah, it's it was exhausting. It took me a few days to like settle back into routine because I was so like I I'd been so removed from it for a long time. I yeah. was like, what did I do again? I don't even know no, my schedule I, anymore. <laughs> I I completely understand. Like even mm-hmm. even like just going on one trip, I get back and I'm just like, what? What do I do again? <laughs> yeah. So that's basically it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Well, uh, shall we talk about? Shall we just get right into it? Shall we talk about Chainsaw Man? Yeah, man, I've been waiting. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this. We've we've pushed recording this like back so many different times because I'm just like, well, like I I just want to think about like this thing now, and I don't want to think <laughs> of that thing. Like a lot of it is literally just like reading it and just being like, well, I want to talk about this too, and it, like trying to untangle the sort of mess that is that is Chainsaw Man because like it is so complicated and so straightforward at the same time. It's a very like dense web. Like I think the through line of it is pretty simple, right? Like you have a pretty uh clear through line of Denji's progression, but then everything else around it is like very very tangled. Um and it's really interesting. Uh I I'm I'm I've been looking forward to this discussion cuz I wasn't even sure how we would break it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I wouldn't even know where to start. So um, I think we just we just pull I, on a I thread understand. and we follow yeah. it. <laughs> um, the thing about Chainsaw Man is that it is like eminently readable. Like it's really easy just to like plow through a hundred chapters of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, it's like when you dig down into it, it's so hard to actually get an idea of like what any of it means yeah the um, symbolism yeah. <laughs> yeah. so chainsaw man is a japanese manga series written and illustrated by tatsuki <laughs> fujimoto oh my <laughs> yep. uh, part one was serialized in weekly shonen jump which is you know the print magazine but part two began its serialization in shonen jump plus which is shueisha's uh, online magazine which oh. was a uh, I, I didn't actually know this until looking uh, looking into it, but apparently that was a choice that Fujimoto made himself because he wanted to make part two very different from part one. Oh, interesting. Which this is man cool. always makes interesting choices. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so as a result, we will only be talking about part one since part two is, is still ongoing. Um, but yeah. part one is done. It's like its own mm-hmm. thing. Um, mm-hmm. we've gotten some anime adaptation of it, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk about Chainsaw Man. Boy, where do where I, you where like do I even start with, <laughs> with Chainsaw Man? Okay. Why don't we begin with, like, a very simple overview for anyone who doesn't know what the series is about, and they are clicking on this for, out of curiosity's sake? Right. So um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the story begins with our boy Denji. He's a, he's a teenager who hasn't been able to experience much of life because he spent most of it indebted to um, like a mafia type of guy. Uh, he basically uh, inherited at 
ton of debt from um, presumably his father or, you know, it's it's kind of alluded in that sense. And um, it is an impossible amount of debt. He doesn't have an official uh, white collar job or anything. He's just a teenager. And so he's doing his best to earn money whatever way possible, including selling his organs. He enters the story having already sold some of his organs that he can live without. Um, so you immediately get a sense of how th- how dire things are for Denji. He lives in a shed. He he is lucky to eat a piece of bread for the day. He's lucky to eat, day. like, bread crust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, He's and like, he I want to eat, eat bread with jam one day. Yeah, that's his dream, is to eat bread with jam. So he's super, like, beyond poor, right? Um, he's got a companion named Puchita, who's a, who's a little... Uh, a little devil because devils exist in this world they are just an accepted part of life um they are generally seen as bad things that cause chaos and death and destruction to humans uh however uh this little guy who gets to accompany denji and is his best friend um is basically like almost like a pet but more like a more like a companion um and they go around together killing devils until things go awry and the plot starts. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's that's basically, if you watch the anime, that's essentially the first half of episode one is establishing all that stuff. Um, but uh, basically, the first episode ends with Denji dying during uh, an encounter with a devil and uh, his his little chainsaw devil friend um uh becomes his heart and resurrects him and uh in exchange for losing uh its body and um then she gets to come back as a chainsaw man he's half half man half, half chainsaw man. devil yeah half chainsaw <laughs> devil yeah <laughs> yeah so that's where the story begins <laughs> half man half devil half uh, mm-hmm. all chainsaw <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's no more halves. <laughs> uh so yeah, well I mean let's let's talk about the the concept of devils, which uh is like an integral part of the sort of setting of Chainsaw Man. Yeah, sure. Um, the way that devils work is that they are essentially these manifestations of collective human fears and the sort of more widespread and deep that fear is, the stronger the devil is. Um, and uh, a devil, when it is killed, goes to hell. And when it's killed in hell, it, it goes back and is reincarnated up uh, on Earth, basically. Um, so it's like this never-ending cycle of, you know, you can't really kill a devil for realsies, um, except for the chainsaw devil, which who can do that. Yeah? Yep. <laughs> basically that's yeah that's it <laughs> chainsaw man hero of hell he could defeat the devils <laughs> um yeah so chainsaw man is a it's just an extremely absurd hyper violent mess of images that happen at you <laughs> um, why would you describe it like that <laughs> because a lot of the times that's kind of how it feels like th- the thing to me about chainsaw man is that it feels like one of those things where when you read it 
it resonates with you on like this like primal emotional level that mm. like is is really hard to sort of rationalize in words but like it just kind of clicks into place um so Tatsuki Fujimoto notably doesn't have any like formal training as uh either an artist or or a mangaka um Really? Oh. Yeah, uh the only the only sort of like art adjacent thing he's ever done is he took like a class on I think making like ceramics or something something like that <laughs> or maybe it was like oil painting or something but he's just like yeah I, I regret doing that um but it's it's really interesting because as somebody who's not formally trained you can you can kind of tell the uh, that the style of his you know illustration is uh, a little rough around the edges um, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily as polished but I think that that's actually part of the charm of Chainsaw Man in a way. Like I think mm-hmm. it it really works for the kind of story that it is. It's like hyper violent, really wild sort of story. Um, I, yeah. I'm not sure that it would work with a, a more a polished, clean art style. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm curious now how he ended up getting his debut and everything. I think I I need to look into some more interviews about that kind of stuff because if he's not gotten any formal training then how did he break into it you know yeah um, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I, I agree mm-hmm. i think he basically just like submitted some some stuff to some contests and he, he won um you can read uh, a lot of his one shots online and then his first serialization fire punch you can also find somewhere um okay yeah and in in those you can really see the kind of like you you, you get kind of an idea of like who tatsuki fujimoto is sort of as a person as this like deeply weird man <laughs> um and chainsaw man honestly in comparison to uh you know a lot of the other things that he writes is like honestly in some ways like more tame because he is writing for shonen jump right um and in interviews he's talked about how when he made chainsaw man he wanted to make a story where the characters were like shonen characters but the sort of story and vibes were as close to what he wanted to do as possible and i think that really shines through because like chainsaw man is like literally nothing else it it it's so interesting because i mean i think on the one hand people are fascinated by the way this man thinks because the story yeah it 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 has a few tiny like callings to other stuff that might be recognizable but by and large the way that the story twists and turns and and pushes forward is so unlike anything else that anyone's ever seen um and i think uh, i i like that you brought up the fact that he was kind of like tied to the fact that he's being published by shonen jump because the immediate like outset of the story you have it's it's almost like naruto like in the way that the group is assembled right Right. like you've got your you got your star you know blondish character he's kind of a kind of like an outcast right he's an outlier of the group and then you've got your your pink-haired girl well she's not pink in this one but she's kind of pinkish um and she's she's rather assertive and you know whatever whatever and then you've got your like sasuke kind of character who's very brooding right and then of course you have like your mentor um but like chainsaw man is so like like that's the only i feel like comparison i would say that i could immediately draw to any other shonen jump series um and then it just kind of like immediately veers off in its own direction Mm -hmm. um 
yeah, it's 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 really <laughs> fascinating. I feel like I read some kind of comment by him saying like why why do people like my series when it's just a rip off of like Jujutsu Kaisen and Dorado, <laughs> something like that. Like, you know, he was being very modest about it, but he was also being very joking, you know, like, why, why, why? Like, actually, why? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the thing that you can really tell uh, from reading uh, Fujimoto's, like, manga is that, like, he really loves the art form. You know, he loves yeah. manga. And uh, yeah. you can tell that he draws influence from other things as well. Um, yeah. Specifically, like, the the way that certain movies are shot, like, you can see reflected. Yes. Which is, mm-hmm. um, like, that's essentially why um, I believe that the, the opening for Chainsaw Man um, has a bunch of movie references. You can actually go and look up, like, people have just, like, you know, compiled... Uh, every scene basically in in chainsaw man's opening and and been like okay this is that movie this is that movie um which is That's cool so cool that is really cool i mean yeah. i i like it because it's the influences to me aren't always super apparent right i think mm-hmm. they're they, they're veiled enough but also like it's been processed through the fujimoto lens so to speak that <laughs> it's it's obfuscated in such a way that it just ends up being more compelling towards the story and not necessarily like oh, this is just a direct homage to this thing that already exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would definitely, I would definitely say that there's like, there's like nothing, nothing quite like seeing the way that Tatsuki Fujimoto interprets certain characters and certain archetypes. Like, like he has sort of, okay, um, he has Denji as like this kind of main character uh, sort of protagonist, right? He's kind of, he's like literally like an underdog, right? His heart mm-hmm. is part dog. Um, <laughs> and then you have, uh, but like, but then like he sucks basically, right? Like the way that he treats like everybody is uh, really self-serving and, you know, he doesn't treat anybody with respect and uh, all he wants to do is objectify women, right? He just wants to touch a booby, <laughs> right? Um <laughs> But it really works for him as a character because, like, one, he eventually, you know, grows out of it. But two, like, you know, you get an idea of why that is the case because, you know, he grew up and the only context he had for relating to other people was being used by the Yakuza, right? Yep. So yep. literally the way that he knows how relationships works is this sort of, like, transactional, like, uh, yep. very sort of business uh, use or be used sort of mentality um and yes. you can you can see that in the the early chapters the way that you know um he's like there are things that i do want and then he and then he gets them and he's like now what what do i want now <laughs> right like that's basically his only motivating force in life in the beginning chapters is i want this thing I'm going to work my butt off to get it. I'm going to put my life on the line to get it, even if it's something everyone else thinks is silly or dumb. Yeah, it's something, it's something really, really stupid, to like touching a booty. Yeah. Right, but he, he'll, he'll risk his, enti- his, his life for that thing, and then he'll accomplish it, and he's like, okay, now I'm lost. I've, I've accomplished thing. He looks dead inside <laughs> <laughs> because he accomplished the thing, and it probably wasn't all that it was cut out to be. Um, and then it also, in a way, uh, Makiba uses that to her advantage to to kind of string him along too, and be like, "Well, mm-hmm. 
it's not fulfilling to you because you didn't approach it in this angle or, or right, whatever. right. And he, she she kind of uses it as an opportunity to make sure that he needs her. You know? Right. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that Makima goes out of her way to essentially like teach Denji how to how to be a person. It's like, well, you weren't really satisfied because you didn't really feel anything about like the person that you were you were touching, and like yes. kind of like introduces this like intimate scenario where like he he you know on a conceptual level you know understands uh what that is and it's just it's just it's so jacked that like the whole time right the whole time she's just doing this to destroy him which is like yeah the ultimate <laughs> this is the ultimate like six-dimensional chess move we were well. We were watching the anime. I hadn't read the manga yet, but Supi had. Um, we were watching the, those scenes of between Makima and Denji, and I was like, "Wow!" I wasn't really expecting uh, a lesson in intimacy to happen in this anime, and yet here we are. And then later on, we read. Well, I I end up reading the manga, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god!" I I, I was just say you you have seen nothing. You have seen nothing. The way the okay, the way that Chainsaw Man sort of ties intimacy and violence yeah. is like it's it's so entangled that it is impossible to untangle, right? Like obviously uh-huh. there is you know there is like just um there have been a lot of quotes about um i don't remember who who this quote is from but somebody was talking about how uh in sort of asian movies there's mm-hmm. like this like uh there's like this intimacy in a knife fight because like you know people don't really have guns right um that mm. is not present in like a gunfight right and that's sort of immediately set up in the, you know, uh, in the premise of Denji is the chainsaw man, which is like the the most intimate way of being a knife, right? Because it's like, it's like a knife is like, you know, you stab it into somebody, but like a chainsaw is like, you really sort of get in there and you sort of dig stuff out. Well, you, um, you rip them apart. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. And uh, chainsaw man is hunting the gun devil, right? So it's like mm-hmm. you have these juxtaposed poles of like, you know, uh, the ultimate intimacy versus, you know, the ultimate, uh, uh, the ultimate, uh, uh, what, what's the word? Uh, it's uh, apathy, right? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. I think that's a that's pretty common thread. In their interactions throughout, it's the Gun Devil is in a its reputation is known for it exists for a couple of seconds and millions of people die, and that versus Chainsaw Man who like get who <laughs> yeah gets in there and individually kills every you know devil he comes across. I also think it's like fucking wild because uh, if a devil is killed by Chainsaw Man and people forget its name, like people forget the concept, right? So because in in okay, the world of Chainsaw Man is it happens in 1997 in an alternate universe where devils exist, obviously, and Chainsaw Man has already killed uh, the Holocaust devil, the Nazi devil, and nuclear <sighs> weapons. So they don't, they just like don't exist anymore. Um, 
and just needed a chainsaw this whole time. <laughs> right. And he um he also partially kills the war devil, uh, but not all the way. So what happens is that war the concept of war still exists, but nobody really gets into wars anymore. Um, which I think uh-huh. is kind of an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the I, state I, of our our current world is thanks to Chainsaw Man. <laughs> right. I, I think there's something really interesting about the idea of this, of, like, devils just being this, like, literal manifestation of, like, human fear and human nature and, like, the inability to ultimately do anything about it. Like, it will it will always come back. You can't really you can't really overcome it like you can you can survive it that's about it right mhm um and then and then there's kind of something else about um like why why the chainsaw why is it the chainsaw people always want to know why it's the chainsaw um i don't know actually uh <laughs> but if I had to hazard a guess, I have seen some people bring up that uh, the chainsaw was sort of uh, invented as a medical tool um, or like the predecessor to the chainsaw, right, was invented as like a medical tool. And I don't I don't remember if this is like actually true or if this is kind of one of those like, you know, uh, folk tales about the invention of something that is like, you know, only like partially true. Um, but it. I'm willing to believe that it was it was like um, the chainsaw was made for like uh, medical processes before eventually being phased out for you know other other sort of things. But um, apparently, the thing that it is like really known for um, in that space is uh, is to assist in giving birth to children. Huh. Um, so the way, so, okay, uh, back in the old days, you know, uh, the old seventeen hundreds. Um, (laughs) cesarean sections didn't really exist and the only the only way to give birth to a child was was through the canal um yeah but if you if the kid gets stuck then there's only one thing to do which is to widen the canal which is it's really unpleasant to think about to chainsaw the woman open (laughs) yeah apparently it it was more efficient than whatever they were doing before with like a scalpel or whatever so, I mean, I guess birth mortality was, you know, it was back when it was very high. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. You know, before the advent of modern medicine, people were just doing whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I needed to know that today, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, there's your, there's your fun fact of the day. Uh, whether it's whether it's true or just sort of myth. Um that is a potential explanation uh thematically but it's there um yeah i i think for me i mean at least when i was trying to think about why the chainsaw um the chainsaw is such a strong symbol in in horror mythos right whenever you come across someone in a horror movie or in a haunted house and they got a chainsaw it's automatically huge bad news um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, like, Resident Evil 4, for example, is so freaking terrifying is because you've got a bunch of people with chainsaws running around trying to chop your head off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and because devils in this world are uh, powered by how 
afraid people are of them that it's why the gun devil is so powerful why the chainsaw devil is so powerful all this all this kind of stuff um and i think i do think i like the idea of the fact that it is weirdly tied to to birth. the most violent form of yeah, it won't mean birth, but also uh, intimacy and, and right. but yeah, in, in the most painful and terrifying. Way. I mean, that's uh, really like if you if you break it down right thematically, that might be the the most okay. Well, not the most intimacy, but like I'm going to talk about that. Um, but like the idea of of you know this is a device created you know by humans f- for the express purpose of helping humans give birth right if you just sort of zoom back and you really don't don't think about the grisly details for a second it's like it is kind of one of the most human things imaginable is is the idea of you know um we can get through this you know we can we can bring bring this life into this world unimpeded um now obviously the way that that happened was it sure was. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, even when you factor in the sort of, like, grisly details of it, like, there is that sort of violent intimacy. There's this, you know, the intimacy that is, you know, inextricably tied and tangled with violence. Um, and, like, obviously, if you think about violence from the perspective of it just being, you know, uh, f- like physically causing harm to people. Um, I, th- I, it's like, you know, obviously a lot of people think that's the only form of violence, right? And it obviously it's not, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There are plenty of other kinds of violence, you know, systemic violence and emotional violence. Like these are things sure. that that do not directly harm your body, but do affect you. Um, and so I, the ex, the sort of like uh, definition that I've heard that I think is interesting is that um, that violence is the removal of another's agency, um, which is interesting. Um, yeah. I th- I think that is uh, that's a, a more broad way to look at it that I think is a little bit more useful. Um, but you know, it it is one of those things where like being alive and a person in society means inflicting violence upon other people, whether you intend to or not. Right. So ultimately when you, when you boil it down, like like all, all interaction is violent on some level. (laughs) Right. And that's not to Uh say like humanity is the virus or whatever. Right. Like it's literally, it's literally to like say, the way that we interact with each other is so intimately tied with the process of change. Yeah. Like, just just the fact that when you, like, talk to somebody and your words get picked up by their ears and processed by their brains, you have fundamentally changed something about that person. They have now heard sure. what you know, uh, what you have had to say and maybe they have thought about it, right? And, like, physically there is a change in in your brain, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's firing off neurons and maybe it's storing that memory. But, like, when you really boil it down, right, like, that is, uh, there's this sort of idea philosophically um, and thematically that 
like all change is violent on some level, um, which I've written, uh, I, I wrote many a paper about that when I was uh, in undergrad. Ah. Um, and I, I think that's, I think that's interesting. Um, and I think that it is a really important part of understanding Chainsaw Man, like this yeah. idea of change as a kind of violence, but as a sort of yeah. necessary violence, like, Obviously, there is the fact that Denji can literally turn into the Chainsaw Man, um, <laughs> but to do so, he has to, like the chainsaws literally cut through his body. Like, like there's no supernatural yes. protection. Like, it's not like yes. it's not like how somebody with super strength can like punch and like they also have like super bone strength or whatever, so that their arm doesn't shatter upon impact. Like mm-hmm. for Denji, it's like not like that. It's literally like the chainsaws are cutting through him. He's like, this, this sucks, man. This hurts. Yeah, it hurts. He, he loses blood every time too. It's not just his blood. That's, I mean, it's not just the devil's blood that's splattering everywhere. everywhere. It's, it's Denji, the chainsaws splitting out of his limbs and his head. Um, and it, it is- frequently becomes a problem in the series <laughs> and if you think about it right the thing about um about the whole chainsaw thing is like where are the chainsaws really coming from at the end of the day which is to say um pochita as uh as denji's heart the as the chainsaw devil like literally the chainsaws are coming from his heart right mm-hmm. and they're being used to let's say interact with other beings <laughs> That's, I guess, the nicest way you could have put that. <laughs> right. Like, on, on the broadest possible, like, in the broadest possible sense of looking at it, you know, it, it's, it's literally, like, the chainsaw sprouting out of your heart, making contact with another person in, in a very intimate way. And the fact that Denji um, and all the devils gain power by drinking blood, um, but Chainsaw Man, you know, gains power by drinking, you know, devil blood. Um, like, that's, that's also quite an intimate thing, right? The idea of consuming another person's bodily fluids. Now, obviously, <laughs> most of the time, that's no. not the first bodily fluid we think of. But, like, you know... There, there is, there is a, <laughs> listen, hear me out, hear me out, wait, wait, wait. But there is a sort of intimacy to it, and my evidence for this is the fact that, like, vampires historically, yes, like, that's what I was have, have the, have the sexy attribute to them, the kind of, like, mysterious yeah. allure, right? Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. there is something quite a, quite a bit intimate about, about drinking somebody's blood. Um, obviously, yeah. don't go out and drink people's blood, that's. That's probably not great for you. <laughs> um, um, yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is, this is a thing that, like, in a, in a literal sense, be, uh, in the most extreme way, uh, is exemplified by the end of the story where Denji kills and eats Makima. Like, mm-hmm. literally just stores all of her bit like all of her flesh and bits in tupperware and eats her like over the course of like a couple weeks which is like okay all right tatsuki fujimoto you you go man but like also thematically it's kind of perfect right it it's like this ultimate irreversible transformation and it is 
an act not of hate but love, right? Denji says, like, you know, um, I'm not out to hurt Miss Makima at all. The, the, those are my honest feelings. I ate her to become one with her. That's not an attack. That's love, right? And, like, he, he kind of just comes out and says it. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely um, is basically a union between the two of them. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I completely lost whatever I was thinking of because of the way that you eventually led up to vampires. I was like, yeah, vampires. And then you were like, bodily fluids. <laughs> Listen, blood is a fluid that is in your body. You could have just said, that. <laughs> it's like vampires. And you went about it in the most uncomfortable way. Listen, <laughs> you have to deal with the uncomfort to talk about intimacy. Uh, There's no way anyway. around it. No two ways around it. Anyway, Chainsaw, Chainsaw I, Man's kind I, of a sexy I comic. No, I remembered what I wanted to say is that I do like the idea of uh, uh, the fact that Denji has to pay a small sacrifice whenever he uh, summons the chainsaws. You know, like the fact that he goes through pain and, and blood and stuff like that to initiate an interaction. Um, I think it's it. It kind of is a nice metaphor for just general social interaction in general, too. It's not just the person you're talking to being changed, but you yourself are being changed mm-hmm. by summoning the courage or wherewithal to initiate conversation with someone. Sometimes that, I mean, it all like plays into uh, social anxieties and stuff like that. I think social anxiety is like basically a magnification of all of all of these processes, right? Where right. you feel like you pay a cost whenever you try to initiate an interaction with someone but also you feel like you're paying a cost whenever you yeah. are receiving that interaction <laughs> i mean it, it this is li- like literally the same thematic meat as evangelion right as talking oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. like yeah. the weird body stuff and the hedgehog dilemma <laughs> right like yeah at the sort of core level those two aspects of chainsaw man and eva are the exact same Mm-hmm. It is yeah. It is painful to connect to other people, and it hurts and mm-hmm. sucks, and mm-hmm. you lose blood sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes chainsaws come out of your body, and you have to touch the chainsaws to other people's bodies. Like some sometimes, <laughs> you just have to touch chainsaws. Stop it! Stop. No, it's only. <laughs> There's no, there's no chainsaw. So it's one chainsaw to one meat devil. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. I like the. Uh, so if I were to describe this story to someone, and in in terms of trying to describe its themes, the the best way I could have thought of doing so was. That it basically kind of is a coming of age story because it starts off with Denji being in a very isolated position, kind of like Shinji does in Evangelion. Um, he has a very skewed viewpoint of life. He hasn't really experienced much of life in that sense. And then his world, like, very rapidly, broadly, violently opens up. Um, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I like the uh, uh, I, I'm I'm compelled by at least as a reader um, engaging with this series that it is essentially about the growth of this one mm-hmm. person in the most extreme 
in the most extreme way, way possible. possible. Yeah, and uh, on a, on a technical sense, um, I think that's one of the reasons, at least why I am uh, drawn towards Fujimoto's way of storytelling is because he takes that rule of thumb in writing where you... Sometimes people take this approach with writing where they take a scene and they're like, okay, what is the way that I can drive this scene to like from a two to like an 11 in terms of like the drama and and what I'm trying with the themes that I'm trying to express. Right. Like he consistently nails that again and again throughout the series in ways that, you know, supersede your expectations. Not that he's trying to subvert them or anything. He's just trying to tell the story in the most in the most chainsaw man way possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I would I would agree and I would say that Tatsuki Fujimoto has this sort of really interesting way of of telling stories. Um his manga is really good and interesting to read because the paneling is so it's it's like it works, but it's also kind of odd, right? Like, it doesn't quite look like what you would expect, you know, like a Shonen Jump manga to look like. Um, it uses, like, a, a, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of these, like, square panels. But the sort of cadence at which they are placed and the way that your eyes scan over the page, like, honestly makes a lot of the, a lot of the, the jokes like way funnier and Fujimoto has this like really dry sense of humor where like the dumbest shit happens and it's just like Denji Denji's face and then like Denji's face exactly <laughs> the same but like slightly different um like there's um in um there's the one scene where uh you know when he's out drinking with the um with the public safety, you know, devil hunters, where it's just like, like, do you want, do you want to kiss me, right? And he's like, yes. And then, uh, you know, um, uh, Makima's also like, you know, do you want to kiss me? Like, yes, right? And it's like the exact same face. Um, <laughs> the other one that I was thinking about was the, um, in the bomb, like, devil arc when he is, uh, when he's like, you know, sneaking into the school uh, with Reese. And she's like, yeah, jump into the pool with me. And he's just like, no, I don't think I, damn it. And he's like, it's like literally the same pose, but now he's like naked. <laughs> it's, it is the, it is the kind of humor that resonates perfectly with me. Like this really dry deadpan humor. Yeah. It, 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 it resonates in the way of like, he's a teenage boy sense too. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel of like of course he's gonna go after the naked girl or whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like there there's something very raw about the way that that Fujimoto makes manga because there is so little like there's so little artifice. I guess is is kind of a way to put it. I, I'll I'll try to think of a better word for it, but like. The thing is that uh, traditional methods of storytelling obviously tend to exist for for a reason, and the sort of established way that you know some stories are told um, 
you know, they exist because because they're effective. But I think in in not being traditionally trained, but um, but also kind of understanding, like sometimes when you're a when you're kind of an amateur artist, it's really easy to feel constrained by your lack of you know technical ability right you can feel like it's a detriment to your ability to tell um to relate the kind of feelings that you want to relate and i feel like with things like chainsaw man and like uh this like you know one punch man and mob psycho like one stuff specifically i think there's like you get this real sense of people who don't have the formal training but that doesn't bar them from telling stories in the way that they want to, and they're better for it, in a way. Like, Mm -hmm. Chainsaw Man is, like, very raw in this sense that it kind of, like, digs its way into your brain and you're, like, thinking about it before you realize it. Like, there is the saying that uh, I know some writers that use subtext and they're all cowards, and I would say that Chainsaw Man is is hypertext it's not like text it doesn't (laughs) say it out loud necessarily but like it it beats you in in the face with it before you realize like it it is literally lodged inside your body what i what i what i like about it and on and i like that you kind of like worded it that way is that it's hypertext but it doesn't treat the audience like they're stupid um yeah and then and i feel like that's so important because yeah on the one hand you can beat your audience over the head with the themes that you're trying to express um but you run into like the pitfall or i guess like 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 the habit that maybe worse writers might come across it's like well now I want to over-explain everything that I'm doing, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's part of the hypertext. No, no, it's not. No, it's it's you treating the audience like they can't somehow understand the themes that you're bludgeoning them with. Um, Chainsaw Man, it displays its themes visually, you know, thematically. It it um it it plays out in the story well through the writing. It doesn't need to explain itself, and I really really like that about it. Um, I- because yeah. I'm I almost, sorry, go ahead. I almost mm-hmm. feel like in a way it's not that it's not that Chainsaw Man like treats the reader like they're stupid. It's like it treats Fujimoto like he's stupid, which I think is kind of hilarious. <laughs> like <laughs> like the thing about Chainsaw Man is that it's like really thematically dense, but like never like says anything about it, really. Other than, like, mm. a couple of lines at the end, you know, about, like, that's not an attack, that's love, right? Like, that's about the closest Chainsaw Man really gets to showing its hand. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, like, monologue um, much beyond that part in the story, right? It doesn't, you know, go into like, this long diatribe about the questions that it's trying right. to answer and all that kind of stuff. It- <laughs> It really feels like something that works for both, like, works for somebody no matter what their their sort of age and maturity is. Because, like, you know, if you're younger and you're, you're not going to pick up on these themes, um, then that's, that's fine because there's, there's lots of explosions and blood happening on, on the page. And yeah. on some 
sort of level you're kind of feeling that resonate with you right like it's it's kind of like when you know kids watch like power rangers or whatever and then they they copy all the moves they're like yeah right (laughs) it's like they understand on on a sort of like empathetic level what like they're imagining what that feeling of contact is like in a Uh certain sense right and I think that's that's part of why why that exists because you know it's fiction is like one of one of the ways in which we are able to uh, have experiences outside of our normal experiences, right? Uh-huh. Um, we don't get into fist fights uh, every day, but we sure do watch <laughs> a lot of people fighting each other, right? Yeah, Cosmo Kiryu. <laughs> yeah, Cosmo Kiryu. <laughs> Um, yeah. I would say also, like, I don't know, right? Um, at the end of the day, I don't know how much of the thematic text of, uh, Chainsaw Man is intended and how much is not intended. It really is just impossible to say unless, like, Fujimoto (laughs) comes out and says it. But, like, Chainsaw Man just like never never shows its hand which i think is really yeah which i really enjoyed about it it's just fascinating just the fact that it's so <laughs> thematically dense but it like kind mm-hmm. of just refuses to acknowledge it like it's like yep. a really deep story about the nature of intimacy and its connection to violence and like the tenderness and pain of the human experience and then at the same time, like, there's, like, barf and, like, you know, uh, like, ball jokes, you know, like, they kick each other uh-huh. in the balls a lot. Like, uh-huh. there's a lot of this really juvenile humor. Like, apparently Power is um, largely based on Eric Cartman from South Park, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> Amazing. Right? Um, and I, I think it's, I think it's interesting because like, you can really see that like there is something going on beneath the surface, but you might not necessarily be like, you might not necessarily know what it is, but you kind of like feel it. You kind of see the shadow like swimming underneath the ice, right? Yeah, it's like you might not necessarily be able to put to words what it is that you're feeling or resonating with in this story, but it's there. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons why Chainsaw Man has become so wildly popular with um, many different types of audiences, whether it's like the really young people who reach on jump or the adults, right? It's kind of like you said, people can read into it as much as they want if they're just there to see chainsaw man obliterate another devil in the most flashy way possible it's there if people want to read into the symbology of the chainsaw it's there um and i think that's something that's probably missing from something like um evangelion where a lot of the younger audience um at least um from my experience talking with people they bounce off of stuff like evangelion because it's very philosophical and it gets yeah, into that discussion right. pretty deeply right there's a lot of people talking philosophy at you and that can just turn off a younger person's brain if they're not willing to engage in that kind of conversation um but chainsaw man doesn't do that it just shows all of its cards on 
screen, but then it has like another hidden set of cards that it will never show you ever. <laughs> right. It's it's like there is there is three dimensional chess happening here. <laughs> You could read Chainsaw Man, and you would just read this story of this, like, weirdo man, like, this weird kid (laughs) that can grow chainsaws out of his body, and he fights a bunch of cool devils that also have, Uh like, you know, cool devil powers. And that can just be the end of it, right? Yeah. But then there's, like, there's so much interesting text to dissect in Chainsaw Man, because I think that... The characters are set up to be these shonen characters, but at the same time, mm-hmm. the interactions between them are like like literally anything but. They're so complicated, they're so nuanced, they're so mm-hmm. interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone just feels like they have a lot of stuff going on, right? You have like the, you know, the unreadable Makima, like you have no idea what she's thinking ever. Mm-hmm. She's fucking terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. You have Denji who like wears everything on his sleeve. He's like I want to touch a boob. I want to eat some bread with jam on it. Like I want mm-hmm. I want to I want to have a girlfriend, right? Um mm-hmm. And it's the process of him like learning to have those desires, learning to become a person and how to navigate that while also learning to be like a person in society, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, you have um, Power, who is like just this really over the top, selfish, egotistical character that has like one really prominent like thing, right? One really prominent weakness, which is that she really cares for this cat, right? Like, the only thing she really cares about is is this cat. The sort of, like, tenderness, right? The the warmth of blood rather than the, the cooling of, like, blood spilled, right? Um, uh-huh. Which is, like, such such a cool, like, interesting thing to look at thematically. Um, and, like, you, you have these fucking characters that are so tied to the devils right because they're they're the public safety uh devil hunters they are they contracted out to to devils which is interesting because like it also says something that denji at the beginning of the story literally sells parts of his body but like that's what's happening to all of the public safety devil hunters right they're right. all giving mm-hmm. up something to devils to to be mm-hmm. able to fight right like you know himeno gives up her eye and then eventually her entire being and then you know aki is like i don't need my life anymore i'm i'm going to i'm literally just going to like give away my future right um yep. and i think i think it's interesting because like there is a way to look at it where you can look at just each single uh, singular contract that these these devil hunters have with their with their devils and you can look into like get an idea of their psyche and like what what they're afraid of, right? Like um Himeno is uh is afraid of of becoming a ghost, right? She's afraid of, you know, dying and just being forgotten, right? Um, because mm-hmm. she's seen so many of her partners die. Um, in many ways, like, Aki is scared of the future, right? You know, he is, uh, he's terrified of, like, the reality where he confronts the gun devil, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, 
like power is afraid of the cat right dying right like the the blood the life force in in this being being extinguished yeah i mean you want to talk about makima i was gonna say like uh i wanted to bring that up too um because makima also has some fears of her own that are yeah, a lot yeah. More, we we get into that a lot more towards the ending of part one. But I yeah, think, let's jump into it. <laughs> I think that Makima is one of the wildest characters because she is so she's presented as so unflappable and so controlled, right? And at the end of the story, it turns out she's the control devil, right? And she's mm-hmm. controlling all of all of the other devils, right? And Literally, there is a chain connecting them to her chest, like to her heart, right? But they're chains of bondage, right? They're not the sort of like, they're not the two-way street that the chainsaw is. Like, Mm -hmm. Makima is a crazily dense character in terms of how much stuff is like written into her. Like, she always has these dogs. She only cares about dogs. Um, mm-hmm. and Denji becomes one of her dogs, right? She, yep. and like, that is the first clue that you get that she is like a very controlling person, right? Yes, yes, yes. Is that she only, <laughs> she only really cares about the dogs. And, you know, there are, uh, like, there's also the fact that, you know, her ultimate fear is, is not being in control, right? So, oh boy. It is so hard to, like, even know which angle to tackle this from. But I, I, just, I just think it's so interesting that the ultimate bad guy at the end of part one of Chainsaw Man, right? The ultimate antagonist is the concept of control, right? Because the devils are, are manifestations of, con- uh, uh-huh. of concepts. And you can really tell that there is a really complicated relationship between uh, a really complicated relationship uh, line being drawn between um, humans and control, right? People want control. People want control over their lives. People want control over, over other people's lives, right? But it's also something that they're deathly afraid of, right? Be- that's why Makima is so, so powerful. Why, like, she literally dies and, and like, cannot die, right? Um, yeah. And also, like, Makima doesn't have, like, a transformed devil form. She's always just Makima, right? Which is, like, the ultimate form of control in this manga where when people's feelings get out of hand, they explode into weapons, right? Like, yeah. if you look at it from the sort of, like, um, the transformation is, like, an emotional one as much as it is a physical one. Like, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, it's very clear that, you know, Makima is somebody that dislikes, you know, um, losing control um, because mm-hmm. she, she never falls into that, right? And mm-hmm. you see that with every other devil that, that Denji ends up fighting, you know, the Katana devil, you know, he is, he has something that he really cares about. Like, he's like, you killed my grandpa. I loved my grandpa. And it's like, mm-hmm, your grandpa mm-hmm. was a dick, but, like, I get it, right? <laughs> um, and, and, uh-huh. you, and you have, like, the bomb devil who, like, when she transforms, it's, like, in this really complicated way where she's, like, so entangled in her own feelings and in Denji's feelings. And they're, like, 
they're sharing feelings in ways and also like not and also like they like each other but also it's complicated right yeah yeah definitely um i really love the way that this story treats the uh the relationship between denji and makima because in that sense you can think of it as denji's relationship with control um he's kind of been under someone's thumb like all his life right like when he enters the story he's under the debt of this mafia guy who's like telling him what to do and he's stringing denji along and then he comes under makima's control and she's also stringing him along um but then there's like the seduction of control right it's the attraction Mm -hmm. to authority to you know having it easy right you listen to what i say and i give you what you want i gave you bread with jam on it um and then in the end, and it's almost like a Persona 5 kind of vibe to it. He's a teenage boy. He's going right. to go out and he's going to defy authority. Um, and that's like the, the, uh, one of the like climactic themes of it is, is Denji rejecting this control that has literally shaped his life at this right. point. Uh, she's like- formed all of his relationships, all of his personality, essentially, and he rejects it. Right. right, and that that ultimately ends up being where Makima loses control. Right, she yeah. can no longer control Denji once he's like become a fully formed person. Right, mm-hmm. like now that he's completed his transformation from you know uh, like Yakuza slave boy to chainsaw <laughs> man to Denji. Mm-hmm. Right, like he's mm-hmm. able to break free and. I also think it's really interesting because so one of the things that uh, really interested me um, the first time that I read was the really noticeable gap, right? The gap between like really climactic, you know, exciting things happening and then suddenly Denji's like in Makima's apartment, right? Um, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. and that that leaves people really confused, right? Because it feels like you missed a couple of chapters. But yeah, I think it's actually kind of perfect because it really feels like it feels like the manga is gaslighting you in the same way that Makima has been gaslighting Denji, right? Like when somebody is like in an emotionally abusive relationship, um, it's very easy for them to have like a very like twisted conception of time right of just like these hours to just be blank right and Mm -hmm. that is like basically what that feels like manifested in in this like wait i was just where where am i okay (laughs) (laughs) i also um i love the way that it you so you know like physically that there's a height difference between Denji and Makima, right? Denji's taller than her. He sees that, you know, she she's just a little shorter than him. But the way that the visuals play out, at least in the manga, I, I'm I haven't caught on, to, I haven't done a rewatch of the anime to look mm-hmm. out for this, but um, so generally when there's like a difference in power, right? The person who's in charge is looking down on the person who's inferior to them right and so in a lot of the scenes that fujimoto structures it this way i i would imagine he does intentionally but it could also just be the way the story played out is that most of the time 
Makima is in a position where even though Denji's taller than her, she's somehow looking down on him. Right. Yeah. She's a she's yeah. physically above him. Um, yes. In, she's in, standing. He's sitting. She's sitting, and he's somehow on the floor. Right. Like it's just it plays out that way, and it isn't until like the end of the series where she is a little girl and he's you know he's Denji that he actually is able to look down on her mm-hmm. um and i i i, I love it <laughs> yeah and, and like at at yeah. the sort of core of it right um mm-hmm. this is one thing that it's like the only card that like uh fujimoto plays which is like just outright saying what the themes are it, like in the text like that's just text right you know the control mm-hmm. devil she always wanted to form equal relationships with others she could only form relationships through the power of fear so she always longed mm-hmm. for something like a family that's the kind of world she wanted to create even if she went about it the wrong way right it is the exact same thematic beat as shinji like you know uh with everybody in his mind like clapping for him right <laughs> of just like in a world where mm-hmm. you have perfect control and perfect knowledge of what other people think, right? It is, it's safe, right? It, it's safe, but it is also completely detached from like real relationships. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, Makima knows everything about Denji. She shapes Denji to be who he is. And at the end, she just, she can't read him. Like, he he surprises her. He tricks her. Mm-hmm, right? He pulls mm-hmm. a trick. Which is, which is like, oh. Oh, Denji. Oh, Denji, you, you did it, bud. You, you've, you're all grown up now. <laughs> That's, it's one of the reasons why I was so surprised there's a part two. Because I was like, the arc felt finished right yeah like his yeah, character yeah. arc makima's character arc they had their final confrontation it felt like the world was gonna end <laughs> if they didn't resolve things um yeah <laughs> i would say that the the paneling for sure like the composition for sure of makima above denji is like absolutely intentional and like a lot of times it's it's like also connected to some kind of like, you know, emotional uh, or some kind of tenderness, right? It's like, oh, you know, he's he's on her lap, right? She's giving him a lap pillow or whatever, right? Or like she's sitting on top of him in like this kind of sexy way, right? And it's like, it is, it is this, you know, um, really almost unassuming way that she's exerting control in every yeah. aspect, right? Like you yep. wouldn't even know mm-hmm. it because you know, on some level, like, she really is helping, um, but everything that she does is is part of, like, this master plan to to eventually recover Chainsaw Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also, I also like that by the end of the series, like, Denji's like, bro, this sucks. Everybody wants my fucking Chainsaw Heart. Nobody wants Denji. What about <laughs> Denji's feelings? And you're like, yeah, what about Denji's feelings? Yeah, that's right. What about Denji? <laughs> also, I gotta say, there are some things in Chainsaw Man that are, like, really just kind of darkly funny. Like, the fact that, you know, uh, uh, Denji is uh, one of Makima's dogs, right? He becomes one of Makima's dogs in the sense that uh-huh. she's exerting control over him. 
But also, like, Pochita's literally a dog and is his heart, so he's literally a dog. He's literally part dog, right? (laughs) And then, like... Dog at heart. (laughs) Right. And then there's something, like, really also kind of darkly hilarious about, uh, about, like, the fact that the gun devil is already dead and in pieces, but America contracts with 20% of the gun devil (laughs) to kill the control (laughs) devil. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the idea that America has of shooting uh-huh. the concept of control to kill it, <laughs> to have control over control, is it's it's this like it's this like eight layered joke. Like where I, do I, I even I, no, start I, I to untangle it? I laughed I laughed out loud when that part came up. <laughs> It's like America has contracted with twenty percent. I was like, "Oh my god!" Of course, it's like, it yeah. Is. I mean, of, of course, right? <laughs> it's like, and and in a world where devils are the primary sort of like, you know, be- weapon of mass destruction, right? They're, yeah. uh, they would be treated, you know, a lot like that. And it's also interesting because the devils are physical manifestations of fears. So it's mm-hmm. it's like even less a a sort of physical battle and more of like people fighting with literal concepts right which is like you know ultimately human history kind of boils down to like competing ideologies right the, yeah it's like uh-huh. ideas uh-huh it's the physical manifestations of these ideas that are fighting each other in this series and that's very compelling <laughs> All right, just just to go back to like Makima being the control devil, right? Like Makima being able to control other devils is is kind of funny, and it's also this like it's this kind of uh statement about, you know, humanity's desire to exert control over its own fears, to have complete control over them, but at the end of the day we're ultimately emotional creatures and we live in a society, right? And it is it's impossible to remove yourself from those fears and to control them. Uh, ultimately speaking, it, it like no matter what you do, they'll always come back and they will always exist. And you know the the world keeps turning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why we get part two. <laughs> and that's why we get part two. Part two is also fucking wild. I gotta say. Uh, but like, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I have, I have no idea where to like where I can even like begin with part two. And I think a lot of that is just because it's not it's it's like it's only like twenty chapters or something, um, something like that. Like it's not actually that long. Um, yeah, I, I think it begins the realization like at the beginning of the year. Um, but like, mm-hmm. you know, if at some point it does uh end end up wrapping up, which I, I think it probably will. I think I think Fujimoto is like the kind of person who ends a story when he feels like it's time to end a story. Like Oh yeah. I think he continued like, like, Yeah. I think uh-huh. he continued making Chainsaw Man because like he still had something to say about you know, uh, something to say with this world and with some of these characters. And I think that's fine, and I like the fact that he basically, like, went out of his way to be like, okay, guys, this is a different story. Like, Denji and Chainsaw Man will still be here, but the story is different. I want to tell a different story. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool, right? Like there is a sort of there's a sort of weird artsiness to the way that Fujimoto makes manga, like a sort of unwavering core of trying to relate an emotion. Um, and you kind of get the sense like that a lot of this is is sort of drawn from, you know, Fujimoto's own experiences, right? Just the fact that he's like, um, he's in, in an interview, like talking about like a lot of the women in Chainsaw Man being like these really like uh, strong, overpowering, um, like over overbearing like uh, people that are like kind of mean. And he's like, yeah, you know, I uh, it was a girl that like once like tipped over my bicycle, and I realized I kind of liked that. I I you so whenever this comes up of like talking about the female characters in this or that story and it's written by you know a male author generally the answer is that they're written that way because it's the author's type if they are written in a in a certain archetype uh-huh <laughs> yeah and, and this, i would i would say generally like speaking that. that's pre- that's pretty true uh, i would yeah. I, honestly i would say that's pretty true for most people that write stories, honestly. Yeah, it could like, be a female author writing male characters. Well, I, I was gonna say like how, way. how how much BL yeah. is there out there with like Exactly the the copy pasted like male leads, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if all the if all the characters of a certain gender are written in just a certain way, you can you can probably resume it's the uh either the author's like perspective on them and it's very limited or that it's their type (laughs) right yeah um yeah uh i think that might be all i want to say about yeah i mean there's yeah there's tons of different stuff that we could talk about but i think in terms of like our general thoughts on like the thinking that goes kind of behind chainsaw man and the stuff that really fascinated us kind of i think i think we touched on it pretty well like we're not going to touch on every single character that's in the story because there's a ton right. and they're all there's amazing yeah <laughs> and I'll, I- there's a ton of different angles you can touch this discussion on too <laughs> i will i will also say something that really sets Fujimoto apart is just the fact that he's so willing to make like all of his all of the characters really unpleasant in certain ways. Like <laughs> Denji kind of sucks and he's kind of stupid on purpose. But he uh-huh. like learns and he grows, you know, and all that, but like then he's still Denji and he's still kind of like he's still like he understands what like you know what what it's like to relate to other people and to live in a society but he's also just like i still want to touch like a booby though I, like I, I still want a girlfriend <laughs> like I, I want to yeah. i want people to like me as chainsaw man i want people to <laughs> like me and every character is so deeply flawed in this story it's it's so funny like i i think there is a real a real charm to somebody who is so willing to allow their characters to be just complete pathetic little piles of quibble, <laughs> right? Like the yeah. fact that that the entirety of um of uh Kobeni's character exists and like she's <laughs> quite a popular character and it's because yeah. she's like just like such a fail girl 
<laughs> she's like this pathetic yeah. person who doesn't even really want to be here and she has this job that is like that sucks and is really dangerous but she's also like really good at the job but also doesn't want to do it and she's also like one of the few people who survives right she's one of the few people that just doesn't like die yeah which i think is endlessly funny it's it's like it's so weird because it's like she's not exactly failing upwards she's like failing and remaining in the same spot in her life right like nothing about her life ever gets better or particularly worse, it feels like. Yeah, like, which if, I think if, is if so funny. If anything goes up, it immediately goes back down and, like, she's back at zero. She's like, I, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to quit and work at a burger joint. Oh no, yeah. Chainsaw Man is in my burger <laughs> joint. Oh no, I'm being kidnapped by Chainsaw Man. I have to play DDR for my fucking life. <laughs> I, I think those are some of the funniest moments in the entire manga. It's crazy. It's so funny. Or when Power steals her car. <laughs> yeah. Power just in general is also a really entertaining character. Just because she's, she's she is also character. really unpleasant. She's so funny. And I love her. The, the way that her arc kind of ends too is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Becoming becoming sort of like part of Denji's weakness, but then also ultimately coming back to, to bite Makima, you know, uh, yes. the power of, of power's blood power being like ultimately part of why she, uh, why uh, Denji's able to, you know, kill Makima for good. Yeah. Um, yep. I think that's cool. I really like the relationship that Denji has with power because like it starts in this like really kind of funny way where uh, he's like, Wait, can I can I touch your boob? <laughs> and she's like, "Sure, if you help me." And they go and she's like, "All right, see a sucker. I'm going to feed you to the bat devil." And he's like, "This sucks." Wait, I got your cat back. Can I touch the booby now? And he does. And he's like, "I don't I don't know how I feel about this." Yeah, you know? and, then and then she had the padding on, then he was extra disappointed. And then, and then from that moment on, like they're just they're just kind of friends. In like they're, they're, the the most friend way possible, like they're just it's it's yeah 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 it's I I think I have I think I might have read something about the uh, it was either the author or someone I can't remember saying that she was basically like a little sister character in the in in the most bratty obnoxious way possible like the the absolute yeah, extreme yeah. of the little sister character no I I one hundred percent see that yeah. yeah yeah and I I quite like that. Um, I could see people reading the story and being like, "Oh, is it like a will they, won't they between Denji and Power?" <laughs> no. And then Fujimoto is like, like very it's so clearly, fu- it's so funny, so clearly says because, no. <laughs> right a- after the first, like after the first couple chapters, like the romantic tension is about negative seventy. <laughs> they're like they're literally just two idiots that share the same brain cell, and it's so wildly entertaining. It's so funny <laughs> denji becomes the straight man in that relationship which is yes. like it's so good. <laughs> it means that he matured right <laughs> it means that he matured but it also means that power is like more ridiculous than denji is the ultimate gremlin <laughs> which is great i love that one of them had to win 
I will I will say I like I also really 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 enjoyed pretty much every character that we we came across. I really yeah. Yeah, really yeah, liked yeah. Aki. I really liked Himeno. Yep. Um Yeah. I, I really like liked... all the little side characters. Yeah, all the all the little side characters. It honestly it's funny because it really it really does kind of remind me of Naoki Urasawa in the same way that like uh, he uh-huh. writes characters that are so immediately relatable because they they are f- flawed in this w- really specific way that is like yeah. so it's like so specific it like it's it avoids like generalities it avoids archetypes like it's like yeah it, you just get hit in the face and you're like oh okay it's a character now <laughs> It's like, oh, I, I kind of like immediately understand your character, um, and you're so wildly different from everyone else in the story because of that. Oh, one more, one more fun fact before before we leave, actually, um, which uh-huh. is that uh, Makima is the control devil, but uh, apparently um, the Japanese word that they use for her, um, the Japanese word that they use for her is uh, is shihai, which can also mean conquest. Um, so. She's the Conquest Devil, which is uh, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, the Conquest Horseman is interchangeable with Pestilence. The reason people usually go with Pestilence is because Conquest sounds a lo- like it, it kind of has the same connotations as war. I learned, oh, yeah. I learned a lot of random trivia from the wiki while looking into, into stuff. Um, <laughs> apparently, the reason that Conquest is different from War is because Conquest uh, had a lot to do with, you know, uh, armies waging, like, ranged warfare. And a lot of times, the projectiles they were using were coated with poison and, like, disease. Oh, so... Pestilence. So there you go. So, so conquest mm-hmm. kind of became uh, analogous to pestilence, and they just—I uh, guess people were just like, "Well, conquest is kind of like war, so why don't we use a different word?" Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, that is that should about cover it for you know most of most of Chainsaw Man, um, at least the sort of broad broader points that i wanted to talk about um chainsaw man to me feels like a series that you can read with your heart and you don't have to read with your brain but if you do (laughs) it will hurt like a chainsaw to the brain wow but it will be worth it i promise wow it's so painful yeah um but anyway this uh, this story does hurt though actually oh man the 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 sort of the God, the emotional bond that you uh, that Denji has with everybody, and the way that you get so attached to every character, and mm-hmm. man, the ending really is like kind of heart wrenching. Like Denji's yep. like, you know, I I loved Makima, and I still love her, even though she's really mean and she did a lot of bad stuff, uh, and she's now gone forever. And like honestly, like to to a certain extent, you you kind of get that right, like you've been with these characters for for so long at this point and you've known them so strangely and so intimately that uh by the end you you do feel kind of this sense of loss because everybody that Tenji loves is is dead now <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I I would say I mean the fact that Makima is like the first one to come back, so to speak. I was like, I mean that's fine, but like I cared a lot more about every single other character, um, just in an emotional way, right? Like, right. You know, because Makima was the antagonist and she was manipulating Denji the whole time, and she created all these relationships for him. Um, I felt really invested in all of these relationships. <laughs> There's just there's just something about the way that Fujimoto writes relationships that really draws you in and like really makes you a part of it. Like it just kind of puts you in there. Mhm. The immersion. Wow. <laughs> anyway, um so uh who are you? Where can we find you on the internet? Hey, I am Renu, also known as Swan. You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Twitch, and everything else at swandrawn. I will be... Well, I just finished streaming the original Metal Gear, which was super fun. Yeah, it was like a huge throwback, actually. That's fun. I also finished finished Potionomics recently, so we're starting a new game. Nice. This weekend. Yeah, it'll be fun. What are you starting? (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, what am i starting i think i'm gonna be starting another yakuza game Ooh, <laughs> it's time yes. it's time to return <laughs> yeah that is so. that is also how i feel i'm just like man i should i should finish yakuza 3 it's literally they keep releasing a new one every year and i can't i have to at least play one every year so that i don't fall so that you don't fall behind. further behind yeah <laughs> But they're always a good time. I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, if you're ever in the market for uh, a kind of a fun, cute strategy game, I say cute. Your mileage may vary. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's called Fuga Melodies of Steel. Um, okay. It is, it's this little game that's like very Studio Ghibli meets like disney's robin hood because it's about like a world where like everybody's like furry children right they're like cats and dogs and stuff um Uh but uh it's about these kids that are in this like world war ii-esque setting and they pilot a big tank together to get all of their parents back wow okay (laughs) um and that is all i will say about the game it's pretty good I really like it. Um, it is the game All that right. I played immediately following Potionomics, so I remember it very oh, fondly. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. And there's a Fuga Melodies of Steel 2 um, oh. that I recently finished, and that was mm-hmm. also pretty good, and had some... Inc- like, I won't talk about it until you play it, but like, there's like a lot to talk about, weirdly, in this like little like these like studio ghibli <laughs> howl's moving castle children piloting a howl's moving castle tank uh-huh anyway huh. um yeah anything else that uh that you're up to uh, no that's about it how about you all right you can find me all places at literal soup i am sitting here crossing my fingers slowly awaiting the inevitable explosion or implosion rather of uh boy isn't that topical um of twitter oh don't do that <laughs> um uh-huh. <laughs> okay 
So we'll maybe we'll maybe see. don't wait on Twitter. <laughs> Go do something else. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm pretty scarce around the internet right now, to be honest. Like I'm really just working on some personal stuff and not really on on much social media anymore. Uh. Really, really, I'm just like, I'm just vibing. I'm existing. Yeah, personal projects and stuff. Personal projects, you know, trying to keep up with the podcast also is something. Um, doing some writing. Uh, hopefully I can get some more done. I think what you're trying to say is that you spent all of your time in Final Fantasy fourteen. I do play a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. That is true. <laughs> I get a lot of chores done now, though. Oh, okay. That's good. All right. Um, all right. Uh, our opening is by Scotty Network, and our ending is by Takamakara. And the patrons we're thanking this episode are Evan Williams, backed by Mirror Test, Claire, Sean Dow, Cherubel, and Dylan Boats. Thank you so much for your continuing Aww, support. Thank you, guys. Especially <laughs> through the content drought that has been the spring and summer seasons. Boy, oh boy, did my life really get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> you woke up and it was like two months later <laughs> i seriously feel like that like actually for real for real it this year has gone by so crazy fast i i'm it's dizzying <laughs> anyway um that's uh that's it for now uh we will be back uh at some point with a, another seasonal episode, probably, and then we'll we'll see where we go from there. Um, yeah, yeah. And we will uh, see you next time. <laughs> see you next time. ね。